Greetings and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. Uh, there's a bogey at 10 o'clock. I'm your captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the D screen, we have. I'm Clyde Haynes. Hey, let's go for a spacewalk. Hey, and it's me. Like, you know, I'm the only one who can do it. It has to be me. You know, humans can't do it. It must be me. There's, there's no, it's just got to be me. Pause to touch it. Yes. Indeed. We are tonight discussing and reviewing the 10th and final episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds, uh, entitled Hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony? Hegemony. 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 I was like, there is a weird way to pronounce this, and now I can't remember it. Uh, Directed by uh, Maja uh, Verivio. Uh, and written by Henry Alonzo Myers. Um, just a few reminders here at the top. Paul, how can people uh, hang out with us if they enjoy our content? Well, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, do so at Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, all links at StarTrekPod.co. And if you guys like to help us out and you love our content, considering joining our Patreon for just $2 an episode at Patreon.com star slash StarTrekPod. Indeed, help us buy Paul a new mic cable so that he doesn't sound like the Gorn. <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I'll, I'll, I'll label this current one Gorn Translator. Gorn Translator Cord. Indeed. Clyde, uh, how can people engage with us this evening if they're watching us live? Hey, if you're watching us live on YouTube, just, just you know, type uh, in the chat, you know, want to hear your comments, your thoughts, you type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat. And then in a moment when we want to hear your overall thoughts about the show, which, which you liked, type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we will check out your quick thoughts. Those. And for Nicole, my glasses are beyond my reach right now, but I can still see you guys. But thank you for noticing. <laughs> it's an aesthetic uh, choice. You're the only one without glasses tonight, Paul. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it has to be me. It's the, I'm, I'm the only one who can do it. <laughs> one who can do it that's probably true i could not read my show notes without my glasses so um that is true okay i think it's time we break some glass because we have gorn so it is time for some hot freight <laughs> oh hot freaks um paul what did you think about this episode you know i i thought it was fun it was good it was fine you know i really hate to be continues when you know, there's a writer's strike. There's a writer's strike. That's right. So everyone support your writers because if you want to see the end conclusion of this, it's going to be uh, so so that that like there's a point where you go like, oh, they're not going to resolve this in time. And go, oh, no. And then you have that sense of dread. You're marching to to be continued. And, that, and so uh, like what I I watched, it, you know, at one o'clock today and I was like, oh, OK, it's good. It's good. And then I watched it with, with my wife at five and and she was just like, like underlying all the things that I was thinking, but I was saying, oh, I forgive this, but she, but it was just really funny. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that. But like, I, I, I would say like, it's enjoyable, but I don't know if it holds up to scrutiny. Mm, interesting. Clyde, thoughts? Ooh, this is going to be interesting. You know, I originally wanted to come on and say my hot freak was I didn't like it because the last couple episodes weren't great and everybody hated me for not liking the episode. But the truth is, I really enjoyed this. Um, and one of my absolute favorites, and we'll get there, is, like, first of all, let me say this. I don't like to-be-continued episodes. Mm. I really don't. Like, it's so frustrating. Especially in when we're talking about appointment television, 
which is kind of what this is. Like if I forgot, like if I have to wait a week, I'm not happy, but now I'm indefinitely waiting. This is the type of stuff that happens. Like they cut to the to be continued and the show gets canceled and you're, you're just never resolved. That's the type of fear that I have with these things. Mm. That being said, right before they hit the to be continued, they did something that I was really impressed by. Right. And that is they, the, all the people who ended up on the Gorn ship are people who don't have this superpower of, of invincibility, immortality. That right? We know they're ending. We right. It's 50, 50. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Yeah. But like, cause the whole thing is. Sam's going to be okay. We, we knew chat. Well, yes, yeah, Sam, but we knew chapel was going to be okay. Right. We didn't know how, but the whole like, Oh, what's going to happen. We, you know, she makes it past this episode. Right. But when they kind of split up the team, I was like, hmm, Mbenga, Lon, I got no idea. These are all oh, new Mbenga, characters. Mbenga is in uh, the original series. So, oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> one superhero character. Clyde, Basically, I'm only caring about Lon. So, yeah, like, it might be really time to change your paradigm. You know, if you could only <laughs> let go of the wheel, you go flying blind. How would it feel? I've been listening to it all week, by the way. The, the musical Man. all week. It's, I know, all, I know. All, all week. There's some bangers in there. Um, all week. All week. Some bangers I, um, in the musical. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> ready for the sing along, um, which I would love to go to a watch party that was a sing along for the musical. Um, just putting that out there. Uh, anyway, my hot break is I really enjoyed this episode. There are some like um, nits that I'll definitely pick. And I, I have a feeling they're the things that you've probably also noticed as well, Paul. But um, <laughs> I, I, as we know, am a big horror fan. You gave me Gorn puppets. You gave me scenes straight out of Jurassic Park, straight out of Alien, straight out of Independence Day, like all things that I really enjoy. I saw all of those visual references um, we got mention of zombie movies, which is like one of my favorite genres of horror movies. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, there's things I, uh, like the Spock Chapel thing, I thought we had finally sort of put ish to rest and I was good with that. But I think it makes sense um, for the plot of this episode. I really enjoyed Ahura and Pelia together. I enjoyed the split of the team up. I still think we need more Tagus. Um and we can talk about that later. But overall, I really enjoyed this. Um, I agree. It's frustrating to get this big of a cliffhanger with uh, probably not going to see the conclusion to till like 2025 would be my guess. Jeez. Um, just based on production schedules, unless they do like a half release and then a, a break and then an additional half release. That could be well, a, that'd be a five there. and five, a five and five um, could could be potential. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's something I definitely want to discuss. So let's let's jump on in. Um, uh, the first thing I noticed was we are using a generic back lot, back lot for Middle America 20th century, aka the cheapest <laughs> back lot that we could get because the rest of this episode is super expensive. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to say this: I feel like that is a appropriate and inappropriate choice. I do too. I think it was the correct choice. If I was the line producer on this show, I would be like, this is what we're going to do. And I'd be like, 100% we are. <laughs> I, I looked up and was like, is this Eureka? Like, it is looks this like a set it, from it, Eureka? No, no, definitely. <laughs> but I, I was going like, oh, you know, like we haven't done like, you know, TOS does that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think like if you just sprinkle that in 
to uh, Strange New World. I think it's totally invisible. In fact, it's probably better that way. That way, when TOS comes in, it, it's not out of nowhere. Yeah. So, uh, so e- even if you even if you had more money, I think this was still the right artistic choice. Oh yeah, I mean they they did some really fun things. I, I saw every every penny that was spent in this episode, and I think they did it well. Um, we also have Battelle and Pike having their little video call, and what I found really compelling throughout a lot of this episode, specifically, was the um, use of music to shift mood and i thought it did that really well throughout the entire episode um because you kind of have this nostalgia up at the top and then we get that really big you know independence day moment that really brings that doom and gloom and i thought they did a really great job there um we also have chapel giving out vaccines um as the like shuttle and the gorn ship enter orbit although she kind of gets out of there but we're seeing chapel um at least at the start of this episode, being happy with her decisions. Um, and what did you think of sort of our emotional setup between kind of re-engaging Battelle's relationship with Pike and and Chapel's sort of forward momentum here, leaving Spock in the past? What did I think of Battelle? Oh, oh, oh wow, wow. <laughs> no, I just, Not now, um, like, like, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, I was, I was chatting with people on our um, kind of our Slack channel for our, our Patreon members. And we were discussing Battelle a bit. And one of the things that I said is, I, I kind of see where this is going. Like, I, I know I'm supposed to have all the feels. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it really felt more like, oh, you're trying to set me up like you did with Ariam. Like, you want me to care, but I don't. I mean, we've had way more character <laughs> development of Battelle than we have of Ariam, I will Yes, say. but it, I, it just, it hasn't been... I don't know what it is, but there's nothing about the Battelle character the, that that has been compelling that mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, like, don't do this. Well, we right? also never had a scene with her that isn't explicitly tied to Pike, minus our courtroom scene. Right. right. Well, or, or that private conversation. <laughs> yeah, but, but and here's the thing with the... But that is with Pike. <laughs> We only see her in conversation with Pike. Like we don't know her as a captain. Oh yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, here's the problem with with Patel. To your point, um, Mariah, is that the one time we see her not like like attached in a relationship to Pike, she's the villain. Right, like she's right. Yeah, she's the adversary. She's the adversary. She's the adversary. I mean, to to me, at least for a part of that. She was doing the thing that we didn't want her to do. She was, you know, she was the bad guy. And so, like, I I don't, it's not like I have a bunch of warm and fuzzy feelings about her. She hasn't done anything. Like, to me, again, thinking about Ariam, in this episode, she seems endearing to Chapel. And I'm like, you're trying to set me up. Like, Ariam was basically almost a non-character for most of that that season. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to get me to care, like, to really care about her. That was kind of what I felt was happening with uh, Battelle. Um, I think she's fine. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not like I like I'm like oh, I hate her. I'm like it's just like mm. character know, wise, it's, it's just okay. And I feel you know, Kim brings up I love Winona Earp, so I'm predisposed to like the actress who plays Battelle and her character. And I Fair. think I was like I also really liked her on that series, and I was like, so I know she can do more. <laughs> so it's like I just wish she was given more. I, I guess my question is like, who would you think? would go with pike you know as far as like well what what 
what kind of uh, significant other would you give Pike that you would go like, oh, uh, this is this is what I'd want. I think it's hard because I so closely relate him to TOS. And it's like all of the love interests of TOS are just hot blondes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for Kirk. And then like, I know Pike gets a little bit more complicated, you know, in the small amount of information we're given um, in the in the original pilot. But it's like, I mean, I guess it is someone. How do, actually, no, that's a lie. I was like, I was about to say someone like Patel, but I think. I imagine someone who's like wants to go camping and is not like into the room service thing, you know, mm-hmm. but I also understand the whole like opposites attract. And sometimes that is what occurs there. Because, because she's like a, 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 she's a nerd basically. Right. She's a right. I mean, nerd. she's a captain. Like, a she cap- has, yeah. And, and then she wants to go to like a bunch of museums, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, she, and you know, if that's his type, that's great. Yeah. Like I, I'm glad he's not like dating someone in a, a lower rank. Like a non-abuse of power is great. <laughs> Look, I, I like I like strong, like commanding, keep you on your toes, con- um, kind of uh, just a compliment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when we think about TNG, there's a whole lot of discussion on did we like Vosh, right, mm-hmm. for Picard? Mm-hmm. But Vosh kept Picard on his toes. It's what we like or what I liked about Beverly is that there was a sense of gravitas, this this equal, this, but I'm going to make you better, but I'm not, you know. There's something about Battelle that is like, I, you, you've told me that they're a captain. And so I want to respect the rank. But the <laughs> gravitas is missing, uh, right? Like, like, I don't know that she actually keeps Pike on his toes. Like, mm. I feel like, you know, for me, you know. I mean, to P.W. Gregory's point, he doesn't exactly keep her on her toes either. So maybe it's more of a no. relationship of convenience, right? Sure. Like, I, I guess. Yes. I don't see what he sees in her. I don't necessarily see what she sees in him. In, in, Come in that on, way. He's, he's Pike. What does that mean, well, Because we, we know Pike, though. Like, we know that he is, like. Uh, but but what, what does she need from him? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what does she, why, I don't know, you know, like, why is she with Spock? I know Spock. Why, why is she with Spock? You know, like, so it, it's that aspect where I don't understand their relationship. Uh, like she, to me, she gives off a lot of Hermione Granger energy. Like, you know, like she's smart. I that vibe, right. <laughs> she's smart and, you know, and she's kind of a, she, a rule stickler. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but like, you know, and Hermione doesn't come into her own until much later. Uh, so, but to me, you know, uh, that, it, 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 are we going to have a fight, Clyde? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Nicole said something that I actually think is interesting. Um, I can't bring it up because I'm not logged in, but um, oh. she says someone like Lon, but older. Mm. And I read that and I was, I was trying to turn that around in my head a little bit. See, Paul, you're thinking about it. You're trying to like, uh, what does that look like? Like, right. Like, but, but if you think about it, Laan is very confident, or at least comes across as very confident in who she is. I mean, right? The other thing Did you is not like, see the last episode? I think it's because <laughs> we have gotten a full backstory on Laan. Like, we see her strength. Mm-hmm. We've seen her go through mm-hmm. things. We have this, like, respect of her story. And I mm-hmm. think we're just missing a respect of story in that the character is just coming off as love interest rather than... Uh, 
character I'm fully rooting for it like obviously I'm rooting for her to not get fridged by the end of this like two-parter because I don't need that (laughs) but there was a discussion about that too um I I I like what you're saying Mariah and I'll take it a step further um not only have we not gotten her backstory we haven't gotten their backstory Right. right and when we're introduced to her it was basically after an amorous night Star Trek has a habit of, I'm just going to say it, bringing in, bringing in random love interests yeah. that you you don't want to, it's like, I'm not even getting attached to this person. And they kind of sort of introduced her to us in that manner. Mm-hmm. They've never given us a backstory. And we're just told that the relationship is serious. And I'm like, really? It's so serious? Because it seemed like he was about to break up with her before he broke out in song. So... Yeah, it's, 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 you haven't given me anything to hold on to. I So the things that were interesting to me about her character in this episode, and I thought Pike was also playing along to this uh, kind of plot buildup, is that perhaps there is a way to communicate with the Gorn, right? Although she is trying to do it in the self-sacrificing way, I think, and Pike is that eternal optimist for diplomacy is, is what we're seeing there. But it is interesting... And this is a question I wanted to ask y'all is last season, a lot of the um, writers and specifically Henry Alonzo Myers and, and Akiva Goldsman talked about how the Gorn are a pure monster, which is something we don't get a lot of in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this episode is placating the idea that there is potential for diplomacy um, with the Gorn and finding different ways to communicate with them Um which we also get a bit more into their engineering and some of their intellectual prowess, right? When we are introduced to, and we'll have to, <laughs> this will be a two-parter because we, we get Scotty in this episode. I feel like we've buried a big lead, right? Um, but Scotty essentially is telling us a bunch of these engineering facts that he's figured out about the Gorn, which is telling us their intelligence level. So mm-hmm. do you think giving the Gorn potential for morality makes them more interesting to you or are you more interested in them as a pure monster character? I'll go. I was more interested in them as a pure monster character. Interesting. Paul. Um, Mainly because we don't see that that often. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would say uh, we have a monster, you know, and that's the Borg, the Borg. Mm -hmm. Also an intelligent species. Oh, Paul, your microphone went mute. Well, also, I think we're... Oh, there's back. You're back. There you go. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But but in TOS, like, you know, the Gorn are actually very smart. And they, Mm -hmm. you know, they're master strategists. And and here you you got one in a a pretty dope, like, you know... uh, That space suit? It's hot, you know, with the with the robotic tail kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, and they they're trying to break into the saucer section. I mean, I think that's pretty. Uh, like what I fear is that there won't be a core philosophy that I'm going to appreciate for, like you know the, uh, uh, because like going in like there's this tradition in sci-fi and fantasy where lizard people are completely non you, you can't reason with them because no intellectualizing right the reptilian brain right mm-hmm. exactly like like ultimately what they'd have the reason why you can't rationalize with them is because they have no empathy 
you know, like empathy is a mammalian trait and here are lizards without this trait and mm-hmm. like eventually. So th- to that es- effect, like, you know, I don't know how they're going to flesh that out to, and tr- change them from monsters to villains. Cause I, I would rather them s- transition to villains in the same way that the Borg did, mm-hmm. you know? Um, right. Cause there's more, it's like, I, I love the horror aspect of like, they are deadly creatures and it gives that like jaws scenario, mm-hmm. right. Where it's like something based solely on instinct and you're having to just like fight the instinct of an animal versus when you get something more like, um, I, I think of in like, Nope, when it's finally revealed that the cre the uh, spoiler alert for Nope, if you haven't seen it, but the creature revealed at the end, right? Like it's also an intelligent creature so you're fighting both an intellect as well as instinct you know what i mean yeah no no so uh so as far as keeping the monsters i just don't think it's sustainable like yeah. uh, i think it's fun yeah. to have like the godzilla but it's like even in godzilla godzilla eventually has like feelings that they kind of work with sure, at, sure. at the end yeah. right yeah. well and they they talk about here you've got this like solar flare type of thing mm-hmm. that is triggering them to basically go hunt right to to swarm um and so i i think what we're getting at is you've got this intelligent species who also has some kind of in, in innate biological drives right Right. Strong, overpowering biological drives that is giving us some sense of understanding of why why they're doing what they're doing. But I also like the fact that those drives mean that they're going to be harder to rationalize. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I think that Starfleet gets into this habit of going, hey, we're going to come in here and we're just going to reason with everyone. And to me, the idea like, hey, I'm going to come. And it's going to be kumbaya, and I'm going to open my arms and say, hey, scary Godzilla, don't you want to be my friends? And then you get your head bitten off. Seems appropriate to me. Yeah, I do. I wonder, too, it's like kind of like the baul, the species that used to eat, um, you know, Saru's people and Mm -hmm. um, and how there's like eventually the way to like get past the um, innate animal quote-unquote animalistic behaviors right of of species that just didn't know any better right at the time so i think you know to paul's point it'll be interesting to see how they transition them more into that villain i have one one caveat where it's like one of the things i do like about you know having a monster is that much like the walking dead not Mm -hmm. that i'm a big fan of walking dead it's like having a monster changes or like stresses who you are civilization wise. Right. So how does Starfleet and the Federation deal with something that you can't reason with that, you know, like that you, you know, like you're afraid of the board because they're better, smarter and faster than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like here, here are the Gorn who are basically like. Dinosaurs. Wool, yeah. Yeah. Like wool animals in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's a different, mm-hmm. it's a different fear between being hunted by an animal and being hunted by like, you know, robot demon. Yeah. Although I do like, because we get so many like, you know, quote unquote humanoid species in Star Trek, you know, both for the sake of special Mm -hmm. effects and for, for the performers, I do like seeing a fully intelligent species that looks nothing like Mm -hmm. people. Um, I agree. I find it really 
really exciting. Um, speaking of zombies, I thought the like zombie movie reference little moment on the bridge was was funny. And in my mind, I was like, um, I jumped to I was like, oh, Spock's going to watch an episode of The Walking Dead and be like, man, that actress really looks like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. But uh, he'd probably watch something classier like Night of the Living Dead. But which is what I was thought. Like if you're gonna, if mm-hmm. to me, if you're gonna do zombie, your first zombie movie has to be yeah. Night of the Living Dead. You got to start with class. That was my first, and then I think I eventually jumped to to Twenty Eight Days Later, um, <sighs> which is intense. But uh, mm-hmm. which you also can't find anywhere. Sorry, I was just trying to watch it the other day, and it's not available because like on any streaming it's platform. Intense. <laughs> you can't watch it on any streaming platform. Um, I wanted to ask y'all, I was so excited that Ortegas was going on this away mission and there were so many moments where I thought we're finally going to get some Ortegas backstory when she like saddles up to help in Benga, but instead we're just talking about chapel. So what were your thoughts about Ortegas in this episode? I mean, the flying scene was great and super fun, but again, like for me, like I like Artegas because she's snarky and she's fun mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. I don't know if trying to force her backstory into like crevices is the way to get to know her. Like you know, I I think she'll need her real episode, and like yeah. in and and ultimately, it'd probably be a war episode. Yeah, you know because like that that's how she's defined by like oh I'm a great pilot I was in the war, you know uh, like just a side note. Uh, as they're power diving, you know, as, my, as P.W. Gregory says, you were born to fly. We know Pike every week. We know. <laughs> that's right. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and, you know, and there she is smiling and, and, you know, and like Pike and Sam and Benga are like, you know, they're just hating it. Uh, B goes, yeah, like this is harder for men because their genitalia is on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> So this is why more women should be test pilots, um, is what you're saying. You know, I, I was watching and I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Of course, you know, it's a it's a ship flying scene. So I was really into it. Um, but there were there were a couple of things that kind of stood out to me. It's like one, you know, here we are again, where Ortega serves as the pilot. This is what we know about her. And and I was just thinking, you know, if you think about other Star Trek series where you had a really killer pilot, right? For what we know, Tom Paris is one of the best pilots in all of Starfleet. But you know what we didn't hear every single week? Was that Tom Paris was the best pilot in all of Starfleet. Like when it came up in the story, it'd be like, oh yeah, Tom. And Tom would be like, hey, I got this. Like I should fly, because you know, mm-hmm. sure, sure. I I'm a pilot. It, it does feel like that that she's getting really boxed in, and this is where I, I'm screaming. Like I feel like we really need 16 episodes a season so that we can really flesh this out. And I hear you, Paul. When we get it, it's probably going to be a war episode. I wish it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, like I really wish it was something completely different. Like tell us about before the war. What's her real background story? How does she grow up? Like, how did I love how I led what led me to Starfleet episodes? I love those, mm-hmm. like sure, that sure. backstory. 
I also, I wish because her character is like kind of like a fun, snarky character, like has some good like laugh, like consistently has like great laugh lines in the script. I almost wish there were those moments that were like um, Annie from Schitt's Creek where it's like just those like weird little like, oh yeah, I know how to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like these little like one second quips that make you go, what is going on with that person? You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, uh, absolutely. I, I think that 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 work out great. I, I think, or, or a family episode where like her mom comes on the ship for some reason, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you discover something. Uh, I, I like those episodes. Like you know, oh the the Loxana Troy episodes mm-hmm. where you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, who doesn't love a parent showing up and telling like child embarrassing childhood stories? Like that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, what was I was going to say, like, uh, although to be fair, like, you know, she's getting more like justice than Sulu did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to like, you know, fully uh, compare to episodes that far back in the past, right? For what our tastes are of television. Oh, sure, sure. But, like, Sulu like, had a sword, man. Eventually, some, like, eventually, eventually, by abs. abs. After, like, after, yeah, eventually, yeah. No, I, I would also say that. Uh, the like, Naked Now, wasn't that the, that's like the first season where, you know, we see a shirtless Sulu, right? Wasn't he? That, that, but is that, that character development or just? <laughs> abs. Is what like, just abs. <laughs> just abs. But like, who's the best pilot in TNG? Like, no one cares about the pilot in TNG. Yeah. So. That's a great question. A great I, I know the answer. The answer is Riker. And I know that because of Jericho. Right. You're right. The answer is Riker. Um. I wanted to move into Spock having to have his save the day moment in which we <laughs> actually don't get any reasoning for why he's the only one who's able to do this. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. Uh, like, me and, me and I were watching and she was like, what's happening? Did I, did I fall asleep? Did I miss something? I fully, I rewound it and rewatched it because I was like, I had to have missed, like, he's like, only I can compute this this fast or like, my body will hold up against the gravity better because I'm or, or maybe it, it, it's too far and we have to use there's not enough air in the suit. So like I have to go like you go half oxygen and because I'm Vulcan, like I'm used to the thin air. Something right. like that. Something. I was like, I wonder if there was a line and it just got cut or something, but it 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 was something I definitely missed that I was like, or you could just say, I need to do this, like for your own personal oh, thing. Sure, sure, I think sure. they also would have accepted that. <laughs> Yeah, it it was just really weird. Like it was specifically anti-human. No <laughs> human can do this. I'm yeah. like, okay, calm down there. <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, I think my spouse said this is not a logical choice, but it was an emotional choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but but, but here's the I other thing about the, the the saucer section plan. Like they all go, oh, you know, there might be some survivors in the in the saucer section. This is my biggest nitpick of the whole episode. I'm with you. I'm with. I'm, I think we're it, all on the same page here. I just need a chapel to go up to one screen and ser- say "Search for life." Yeah, one, life and that's signs. all I needed. Life you, signs. Listen, signs. I didn't even need that. Walk over to one of the bodies next to you and poke it. Like, just check for you're. You are a nurse. Check for some vitals. 
any, like right here, right, right. Any, just... any signs of life. I needed just like one throwaway line because yeah, the whole time I'm listening to this plan, I was like, you're not going to check. You're not going to have Spock go over and do a quick computer check before placing these rockets to hurl this thing through space. What if there's one other person who's then just watching themselves get hurled into the atmosphere? <laughs> so you're telling it here, here's where it fell down for me a little bit. Like here's my net. Right. And I was struggling. I wanted to get past this, but I was struggling with this. Even if she doesn't check, you are telling me that the only person who survived that thing is Chapel. The only person. That's the one person who survived. Yeah. That's and it. I saw some folks online talking about maybe it was because she beamed onto the ship after the attack had already started. And so it just like wherever she beamed in. But it's like, well, no, because she would have had to have beamed into the, the transporter room. The transporter room. So it's like, shouldn't have at least maybe one other person in the transporter room survived? I don't know. Like the person who transported her in. <laughs> like, oh, it, it, and and people are saying sensors didn't work. Sensors didn't work to read other things, but sensors still worked internally on the ship. Or or even have her try. Just try. Yeah. But, but, but try. here's the thing. I'm okay with like them going like, okay, whoever survived in the saucer section. They're not gonna make it. We're gonna we're gonna use this. We're still yeah. gonna we're gonna because like you know we're gonna have to save hundreds of like colonists potentially, right? I'm okay with that, I, but the the not the non discussion of it, no one mentioning it, uh-huh. seems yeah. really reckless. It it seems like you know like oh y- y- maybe you're not the best number one number one. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems anti-federation. Yeah, or have like Chapel running around in the space shoot spaceship mm-hmm. for a little while looking for survivors i don't sure. know i needed yeah, yeah, yeah. i needed some sign of we cared about the other people on the ship yeah. just a little bit uh, um go ahead paul if we go back to the the, the, the uh another thing if we mm-hmm. go back to the uh to the surface they go why is scotty creating a trap for gorn it seems like he's literally <laughs> what's he doing so why is he doing I it think- I think he's trying to create a distraction in there as a trap so that they don't find the colonists in the diner. It's a decoy. Like, like a decoy by, by having like, you know, sounds and drawing people to this. You know, like it'd be one thing if, if the, if the decoy was across town, but it's, if it's like walking <laughs> well, distance. <laughs> I mean, we never really saw how far apart those were. So sure. I'll give that, but um, I did yeah. want to talk. What did y'all think of? Uh, so the actor's name is Martin Quinn. Um, he's a Scottish uh, actor. What did you think of Martin Quinn as our Scotty? I think he's great. He, I think he's a little short. I think Scotty's short, taller, right? Uh, that's, all, that's my only thing. I was like, oh, mm. he's really short, but like maybe, I don't know. M- Montgomery Scott is look. I'm I'm a I'm an ex engineer. So Montgomery Scott is one of my favorite characters in probably all of sp- space opera sci fi. Right? To me, he's the original archetype of the ship's engineer. Like that's the the hallmark. And so I always worry if you're going to introduce a remake of that. But I thought so far they continue to do a pretty good job. Um, and this was this is no different. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I think that the tension is, as much as I like this character, we just were talking about how much we like Palia. You know, I don't, I'm hoping that this isn't a replacement for her. But again, I don't think we we're talked at that about place we, in the plot line yet. But it would be fun to see him as like 
under her for a little while. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. He is a ju- he he is Lieutenant Junior Grade. Yeah. So um, but also, you know, we're starting to get a we're starting to get a trend here where we replace the engineer every single season on the Star Trek show. So well, so far we have not replaced anyone um as far as the engineer for this season. This season. We have yes, this season. You're right, we haven't. To be continued. Dun, dun, dun. To, to be continued. But I, I feel like if you are gonna have um now I'm blanking on the actress's name. Um Carol Kane. If you're gonna have Carol Kane, like you're signing her for multiple seasons, you know what I mean? Like I think unless schedules don't work out after this strike, we're gonna have her around for a minute. Um, well, I, I thought that too, but I also thought it's Carol Kane. She kind of can do whatever the hell she wants to do. She doesn't like, she could be like, yeah, I, I'll sign off for 10. But what if she's like, now nah, I want to do something else. Like she, I mean, maybe she will, but I, I think she seems to be having a good time and it's a pretty fun character. I, love um, I was interested in, I like seeing Sam Kirk kind of taking a moment here to, kind of reframe from just cranky brother and being someone who wants to like go and study. And it would be cool to see the Sam Kirk of it all, figure out a way for us to communicate with the Gorn in some way. I'm not sure if that's something that's uh, historically accurate, but it could be interesting. I also wonder if this will eventually, because he has now been beamed onto a Gorn ship, if this will prove to be the straw that breaks the camel's back that sends Sam Kirk away from working in Starfleet. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I hope not because like you know, uh, like he's he's a. I was talking to an editor friend of mine, and I go like, mm-hmm. oh, like whenever he's on screen, I go like, he's pretty compelling. He's not even doing anything, and he's pretty compelling. Yeah, so. he's also. I will say, I think he's the cuter Kirk in this series, personally. But that's just my my taste. Uh, <sighs> Listen, okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I have nothing to comment on that. Hey, wait, wait, wait. All right, I'll, I'll go as far. Yeah, I think aesthetically, he's probably he's probably more conventional. <laughs> I, I not conventional to to the tastes of me. That's oh, all oh, I'm no, saying. I, I'm saying he's conventional. Like, you know, okay. like, you know. I mean, if if we're for okay, so two of you've made a comment. I guess I can jump in and say his features seem symmetrical. That's not okay. No <laughs> not okay. That's not okay. I got, I got um, no clue. What I can say is. I, and I don't know if it's just because of the character, right? And again, this idea of Jim Kirk. Mm-hmm. He's still he's still not my Kirk. But mm-hmm. Sam Kirk is a character who I'm like, you know, when he's on screen, I'm not bothered at all. Like, I'm literally like, okay, he is a part of this cast. I'm probably more interested in him being seamlessly a part of the story. Whereas Jim Kirk is, it feels a little bit like, I'm I'm looking for traits of TOS. I'm trying to figure out in every scene how you relate to the Kirk I know, right? Like, how do you become that Kirk? And it's slightly distracting, whereas Sam is just part of the, the plot. It's part of the story to me. Right. You have and no expectations of this character. No, he's new to me, and I'm learning him. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought the Battelle v. Gorn little face-off was a fun little homage to Alien. That was Mm -hmm. um, a nice visual uh, moment. Um, I also thought it was interesting that essentially if they already know you've been implanted with eggs, they're kind of like, oh, we won't kill this one. Because I'd have to go back because I wonder if um, 
does it need, I guess it needs to be in a live body for the eggs to, to incubate. Yeah. My understanding is that the host is killed when it hatches. Right. Like in a very alien-esque manner. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about probably the most expensive point of this episode, which is the zero gravity space battle between Spock Chapel and that Gorm in that suit, which was both so slow, but so exciting. Cause I was like, this must've been a really interesting scene to figure out the pacing for, because you are having to work within the parameters of zero gravity. Right. But you want to build tension and action and have some sequences. So I thought it was, it was really interesting um, to me also that poor. So the actor who's in the Gorn suit uh-huh. is um, six foot seven. Sure. Sure. And the suit weighs a hundred pounds. So I was like, that's very impressive. And then having to do wire work on top of that. Um, I was very impressed with the whole sequence. No, I thought it was very good. I thought it was, it was very fun. You know, uh, uh, it might've been a little dark for me. Like I I would like, Mm -hmm. like, but, but maybe that was, you need that to, uh, to keep the horror. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was really like the little moment that it felt like the Raptor scene in Jurassic park when you see the reflection, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I thought that was that was fun and smart. I, I think so. So one, I love the scene. You referenced the raptor scene. Here's the thing about that raptor scene. Clever girl. The the ra- yeah the raptor scene became iconic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's ki- such we're a, talking about the kitchen runaround, right? Yes, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like like that just became an iconic idea, right? It's almost like we'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say that this was is like iconic, but it did evoke some of like that throwback to that. And it was just done really well. Like the idea to me, I, I don't know that I necessarily saw it coming before either before it happened or right before it happened in that chapel shows up and um, is like, Hey Spock and realizes, Oh my goodness, I am not alone. And that's Mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah, the um, the Gorn reveal of it trying to break into the computer that Chapel first sees, and then we get the the addition. I thought the it was interesting they did kind of the tail thing twice, right? Sure. Um, as sort of like you know that felt like when uh, again in Jurassic Park when you would feel like the shimmers of the mm-hmm. of the water moving and the ripples. You know, you get these like little signs of of the um, the bad guy is near, right? Um, but I thought they did a good job. Also, the VFX, like once they f- kind of fly out of the top of the um, saucer mm-hmm. and you start to watch it go down, I thought it just looked really amazing. And I'm just like very thankful for the VFX teams that do such an incredible job on the show. You know, it's so funny how many saucers hit planets. Like <laughs> yeah. you would you'd really think that at some point Starfleet would be like, hey, maybe we should redesign these things because the saucer piece it inadvertently lands on a lot of planets like, you know, edge first in a way that we didn't intend. I don't know. I, I think that might be a, a, a feature, not a bug. <laughs> a feature, <laughs> not a bug. Um, I wanted to ask, so one of the other kind of really iconic uh, cliffhanger two-parters, right, is Best of Both Worlds, mm-hmm. um, where we have Riker trying to make the decision of whether or not he's going to shoot on Borg, Borgified Picard. 
Um, and now we have Pike having to make the decision if he is going to follow um, Admiral April's orders and leave behind kind of a 50-50 mix of, of cast here of whether or not we know their fates or not, right? Like, we don't know what happens to Lon. We do know what happens to Mbenga. We do know what happens to Sam Kirk, but we don't know what happens to Ortegas. And so, and we have all of the colonists, which will inevitably be our red shirts of the situation. Um what do y'all think of the stakes here for Pike versus the stakes that were set up for, for Riker? And, and when did y'all watch best of both worlds um, as it was airing? So did yeah. you also have the giant yeah. gap? Yeah. Cause that's yeah. like, you know, someone who's only ever watched it in rerun, you know, like I inevitably know the fate of the characters before I, I watched it. So I didn't have the same sort of tension. So what do y'all think of the comparison here? Yeah, I I mean I I vividly remember like what the hell is gonna happen like where is this going, and and this was a time for me where I was I I wasn't as a sophisticated TV watcher as I am now, um, which you know is probably not saying very much, but um, <laughs> but at the time like the idea of like at least someone said it, Clyde. At least yeah, someone said I, it. <laughs> you know, I have to say, the idea of being able to think about like, oh, well, will they really get rid of this actor? You know, what are the the other dynamics that are going in involved? Like, what would this mean to the story? Like, I wasn't thinking about that. All I thought of like, what is he going to do? And I don't know. That being said, now I'm looking at this and going, you know, that was when I had a little bit of TOS and TNG was my whole world. Now I feel like I've got 10 other Star Trek series to, to go on. He's not going to abandon them. Even if he has to take a break and regroup, he's a Star Trek captain. So ultimately he's going to save him. Like, I I hope like when they, we come back in 2025, it goes (laughs) five years later. Pike's at the bar. He's drinking. He's going like, "Oh man, I I should have I should have stayed in fight." Like you know, and you know, blah blah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I I thought about it, and I go like, for best of both worlds, like, like even though like you didn't know what was going to happen, uh, it was still a fairly blue sky show where everyone's going to be okay. So, like, you knew that was going to be fine. With this show, like, I feel that for all of it, like, the tastes are not as blue sky, so people can mm-hmm. die. Uh, you know that, you know, but you but you have also the advantage of, like, some people are, are, are going to never die or not die on the series. Uh, so, for me, I was going like, huh, what would I do in Pike's shoes? And, like, the answer is, I'd probably run away, hmm. you know, not not because because I don't have I don't see a solution um, uh, where, like, what you have and your capabilities are not going to be able to to get you where you need to go. Exactly. The only thing that like uh, the only thing that would make me like second that is like, Pico like, well, I'm unkillable right now, mm. so let's just go for it. Let's Everyone, see what happens. Well, it would be interesting if he's like, I'm taking a shuttle. Everybody else go. Yeah, like I, I'm totally unkillable. Like I know where I'm in, in ten years. Like you know, and so that that would be interesting. But like I don't think, that, I don't think they're gonna they do that. So that's not that's not a card that we play a lot. Where 
Pike knows he's a super mm-hmm. undeadable. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, it's interesting. Um, do you think Patel is going to survive the Gorn no. hatchling? Like, no. uh, I... I mean, I think it would be an interesting development and a, a feather in Chapel's cap if she can figure out a way to deliver the Gorn baby without killing Battelle. Also, because I think as a gore horror fan, I would like to see what happens there. Alien baby. You, you want to see that arm just be severed when the John Hurt moment comes out. That's for- Yeah, but it's like, you know, like in surgery and it's like, but they, you know, it doesn't kill her, you know. Like, for me, I don't think she can die. Why? Uh, because like, from, from a narrative predictable it, from a narrative standpoint she was supposed if she was going to die she needed to die you know on the surface but now the scene that you'd have is like she's just there and like okay i'm going to die and we're not we don't we're not particularly connected to her and so then it's kind of like a doing the hot the side of the hospital bed goodbye doesn't it, feel as emotionally fulfilling it, it, because we don't we don't love her the same way we love like even hammer like you know like mm-hmm. uh so like there's no moment to be had by killing her like you know i i think they've if they were going to do it they would have done it in this episode uh my my, my hot take I, I could be wrong like you know but like it just yeah, seems like, like anticlimactic for that especially if, if she's the love interest you know the only way they would do it is like she dies and it makes pike do something that he wouldn't have done before which is unlikely i think that that I, I, a little what I don't want. So there's been a lot of talk today about kind of fridging characters mm-hmm. and, you know, got into a conversation early and I was like, I I don't think that they would do that. Cause really what we're talking about, when we're talking about fridging is a situation where the love interest dies. And then that forces this, mm-hmm. you know, this overprotective, sure, yeah. you know, going rampage. I, I don't necessarily like, I would hate that. Like mm-hmm. absolutely hate that. I'm, but I, I don't know. I feel like we've been going on this journey where I've been expecting her to die at any minute, like mm. just. Sure. And so the question is, well, what do you gain if that happens? Yeah. No. Right. And the only thing that I, I wonder is not so much this, this violent rampage, but Pike is still talking about, well, maybe we can negotiate. Maybe there's a mm-hmm. diplomatic pr- approach, and maybe her death puts him in a place where he's like just no i think their biology their their culture like if you think about it how they reproduce is is a violent attack against another species what i mean is that perhaps chapel figures out a way to where the baby can their babies can be incubated without the need for this um particular violent way of the eggs being spawned yeah maybe like, like well once again we we go to the lizard trope lizard folk trope mm-hmm. where like you know if you if you lean into those monsters like there's no if like if i told you hey you know like what we could do now is just have babies without putting them in women and we can just like find uh, it's safer and people won't get hurt or die mm-hmm. blah 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 I think there'll be a lot of resistance towards that. Uh, and in the same way, like, you know, I don't think even if Chapel were to find a way to do it, which she may, like, I don't think it, it changes anything. Because I think the Gorn, like, for all of it, they're a predator species. 
Like right. And it might not change anything right off the bat, but it would be an interesting diplomacy tool since they've already sort of started threading that needle. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of, I mean. So, uh, yeah, you, you go, Mariah. Oh, I was like, that was kind of it I had for my my notes. I mean, this episode was very, like, action-packed, things moving forward. I thought Rebecca Romaine's, like, moments with Spock about, like, um, I, I would never tell you to give up hope was really sweet. I thought there was lots of great little interactions between Pelia and Ahura. Um, I love the don't sugarcoat. I love crazy ideas. <laughs> sure, 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 yeah. Um, I thought that was great. Um, like, like no. I, I would like to, I would like to discuss what we think will happen next in storylines mm. in the future, future cast a little bit because we're at the end of the, of the this, this season. We are, we are indeed, yeah. And I think you know, um, maybe not next week, but the week after, I'd love to do a full season two sort of re rehash and rediscuss and and talk okay. about some of the arches. But as far as futuring, I mean, I'm. assuming the first episode of the next season will be the continuation of this, um, you know, and we're going to jump back into the Gorn or it will be something wildly different. um, And they'll make us wait an additional episode before we find out what happens in this (laughs) one. It'll be another law episode. Yeah. yeah, Who knows? It could be like a weird side quest. Like someone gets hit in the head and we see like a full, like uh, a cue shows up, you know, who knows? Um, what do I think is going to happen next season? I mean, I'm hoping we get Chapel outside of a relationship in storyline. I'm hoping we get Mbenga some joy. Um, I would love to have a full Ortega's episode. Um, and I think I want a little bit more um, Pike development outside mm-hmm. of his knowledge of his um, future. His yeah. Those are, those are all things I'm, I'm interested in. I'd also love to get to know Una more, you know, because that's another character that we sure. had in TOS, but we don't know a lot about. So, like for me, like you know, there's this point where in TOS, you know, she has a fiance, mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. uh, I assume that she's going to meet him on that internship. And in this, yeah, this the fellowship is yeah run by the the gentleman who will eventually become her fiance. So, so like, so like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that affects the Spock relationship. Yeah, but I also I, want some justice for T'Pring. Um just, yeah, <laughs> I will say, like, I was talking to uh, a friend who, who, who has not watched TOS or anything, and I go like, just so you know, T'Pring is going to have Kirk and Spike Spock fight to the death. So, like, you know, she's going to be okay. <laughs> but but what was really interesting is like you know like i i would want for some reason i I want like another portal episode Mm. where like i don't know if you go back to lower decks but if a lower deck character were to come back and they would have like a relationship with spock maybe uh tendy or peanut hamper Mm. there you go you got it in i got it just under the wire just under under the wire wire. 55 minutes in probably our (laughs) latest peanut hamper (laughs) acknowledgement (laughs) Uh, but yeah, but like, you know, like I, I'm curious because I, I imagine, I imagine like, you know, uh, the, what you call it, the, the chapel and her, her, her to be fiance will have mm-hmm. a very interesting reaction, uh, interesting dynamic with Spock and her. I, I would say for me, 
I'm ready for us to get to my Spock, right? Hmm. I'm 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 kind of ready for Ethan Peck to be a little bit more Leonard Nimoy. Um, fair, fair, fair. That's I'm 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 kind of seeing the arc like I thought we were going to get there a little sooner than sure, we're sure. still. You know, he's he's he still just, pretty emotional. He just started flirting with Kirk. You know, we still got a long ways to go. Yeah, so I'm. I'm kind of interested in that. I definitely will agree. I, I'm dying for more backstory on on Ortegas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want... I want a little bit more... I want more, more Uhura and more number one. Mm-hmm. Not in a courtroom... There's been a lot of Uhura, like, you know, this season. This season had quite a bit of Uhura, but yeah. That's yeah, not me but pitching. I, That's just me making a statement. Yeah, but I think I'm. I kind of want to see something a little bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, Less the you know, tragedy backstory. <laughs> yeah, like like just I don't know. Like I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. But there, there's some things there I want to see. Um. Yeah, there's just and I kind of want to. I am interested in Chapel and how Chapel evolves outside of this whole um, kind of Spock issue or not issue, but this relationship. Like I, I want to see more Chapel on her own. What I don't want to see is Chapel. Like we see a lot of Chapel with Spock and now we see a lot of Chapel with this other dude. Like I want to see Chapel on her own uh, being a complete badass. I think that's. I, I, I'll sell it for her like yeah. being healthy <laughs> yeah. sure um i'd also love to get to know lieutenant mitchell who's on the bridge all the time um yeah. it'd be yeah. fun to see yeah. some more of her i was gonna say something but you know i can't i can't remember her name so i was like i'm gonna i'm not like this is gonna be like the third episode in a row then i gotta ask mariah what's the person who sits next to <laughs> Ortega. ortegas and i was like i'm Ooh. i'm not doing that so thank you the other thing is i'm waiting for my mirror episode like i want to yeah uh, a mirror <laughs> episode i, I, I yeah I think eventually Una's going to leave and Kirk's going to be number one. That will eventually happen. So I yeah. don't need that this next episode. I was going to say, <laughs> or this next season quite yet. Um, I do love the episodes that are things like Elysian Kingdom, like huh? the things oh, sure, that sure. are those holodeck sort of, episodes. yeah, the hol- I know they don't have a holodeck yet, but yes, those like holodecky episodes. Um, I think those are really fun and remind me of the things that I enjoyed about the original series. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, I'm also, I wanted to ask y'all, what other TOS era characters are you ready to be? So we get, you know, Scotty this episode. Who mm-hmm. do you think will come next season? I mean, Sulu is the next person, right? But then th- th- that's in direct competition with Ortegas. I know. That's why I'm nervous for Ortegas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like Chekhov doesn't come till af- in TOS. Correct. And so like, uh, I guess Dr. McCoy would be the would be the only person in, in the main the main cast. I, I think I'm good actually. I don't I don't know that I need anybody else. And to be honest with you, I'm gonna, you know, here's my hot my hot fray. I'd be hot, good if we Clyde. got a little <laughs> Yeah, here's here's my hot Clyde. I'd be okay if we got a little less Jim Kirk, to mm. be honest uh-huh. with you. No, no, I, 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 and that's yeah. not that's that's not about a Kirk issue. It's it's that every time Kirk shows up, 
I feel like you're stealing screen time and character development from somebody I actually want to know about. That's that's a fair statement. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're eventually, we've talked about this before, but after this season, do you think they are working their way to a full eventual, like, um, read, I don't want to say rebooting, but like a rejourneying of our original series characters? I've been thinking about that a lot and I keep going back and forth. I haven't actually come up with an opinion. Um, Do I think they'll do it? Sure, why not? I hope not. I don't Uh, know that I need it. Yeah, I mean... Because, Paul, to your point earlier, if you do it, what do you do, right? What do you do? Do Do you set it up as this is the prequel to... Or do you just do journeys that are different episodes, essentially? Sure. I mean, you could do that. Or you do you go ahead a few years? Like, I, I mean, it just, it gets a little murky. And the question is, what's the payoff? Like, I'm excited. I was excited about the idea of a uh, Section 31 show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about an Academy show. To Like, I, I am disappointed that you're canceling Discovery. To me, there are a lot of stories that you still can tell. I don't know that we have to retell TOS. I don't know what we gain by that. That's PW Gregory makes an interesting point. If TOS had actually expanded on its characters, Strange New Worlds wouldn't have had to pick up the slack. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That is a hot Gregory. <laughs> that is a hot Gregory. That's a hot Gregory. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, I think it is sure. that in the same way that like when have y'all ever gone back to watch like the original Battlestar Galactica series? Sure. Why, why? Yeah, I have yeah. tried. I exactly. did not make it very far. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's what these like newer updates can do with some of these properties, um, you know, is say like, Oh, what is the, what is the, I don't like using the term better, but what is like the modern storytelling interpretation of these, of these characters in these, um, ideals right mostly you're you're communicating the ideals and the metaphors of these sci-fi stories yeah no, the, the, the 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 contemporary interpretation of the, the ideals right because i don't think there's a lot of people who i mean um i think it's a harder sell to get people to go all the way back to the original series to tell them this is how to learn the most about these original characters and and also the thing about the original i mean maybe there is there is a benefit here, right? Because every time I go back and try and watch TOS, there's a rub against my 2023 sensibilities, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. you know, talked about this before, you know, we we're recommending episodes and I'm thinking I want to, especially with, because of Lon, mm-hmm. you know, I started this journey where I was like, I want to know more about Khan. I want to go back and watch the Khan centric episodes I want to watch the Wrath of Khan. Like, I want to know more about Lon's backstory. And I watched the original Khan episode, and I was just kind of horrified. And so if you're talking about going, hey, we're going to we're gonna take out a lot of this, you know, sexist, patronizing, you know, racist kind of elements mm-hmm. of a 1960s show, which at the time was Impressive. revolutionary right Mm -hmm. and progressive but we're gonna really do it then maybe that might be interesting but also dangerous so i'm just i'm again i'm still on the fence like for me like and i I know i'm gonna step outside our our franchise but like when when i watch star wars things 
Mm-hmm. That that's uh, it's another franchise. It's it's about it's more of a. I think I've heard of it. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like like laser swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's keep you more zap zap. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Like uh, what I find is that I'm more drawn to shows that explore the universe that Star Wars created, right? Versus you know I don't care you know like like the you know I don't care about more Jedi stuff unless is something new like you know mm-hmm. I, I like one of my favorite one of my favorite uh movies is like you know rogue one uh, agreed know? uh and like andor like you know the, here are these things that like fit within the universe and even the storytelling con construct that you've created but it's a completely different story i don't need to see and you know like i don't need to follow the, the you know the prime characters that like you're it's like you're what you call it you go to a mall a mall is a place where people used to buy things uh, you had to go to physically. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's like, it's like Amazon, but like only know, uh, real, like yeah, brick and mortar uh, Amazon. Yeah. But like, teenagers but what, would roam, old people would mall walk. It was right. the time. But you know, like the the way you made a mall was you made an anchor. You made several mm-hmm. anchor stores, right? And then an ecology grew from that, right? And like you know, I think we're in the ecology phase of Star Trek now, where like do yeah. we have the anchor stores? And like you know, you, I don't need you to go and like redo Bloomingdale's or Macy's or whatever. I I, I want to see what other you populate with the world. Well, I mean, I think you're spot on, Paul, because that's what we. That's what I won't say that we. That's what I love about Discovery, right? This mm-hmm. this and and Strange New I think World, especially once yeah. we jumped into the future and we were yes. truly yeah. like outside of having to deal with uh, the the canon of it all, right? Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's also what's appealing about lower decks right mm-hmm. is that you're like hey this happens in between some things it's completely different we're getting this story about not the main bridge cast but mm-hmm. some you know mm-hmm. some you know some fun characters in the lower decks it's it's interesting and expands the universe for us yeah, yeah. so that's, that's my idea. I, I truly hope they do not make contemporary tos <laughs> I I, I, you know, I think uh, I agree. Who was I wouldn't I mind this... a movie or two with this cast. I think they're pretty fun. Sure. Sure. A strange new world cast, a movie. Mm-hmm. I I take I mm-hmm. it. Miss Powell family says Una as captain and a follow up show on a new ship. I'd be for that. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Or especially if it continues like the conversation about her being genetically altered, right? And sure. maybe we get mm-hmm. more of that conversation. Like, like yeah, I, I would like to see a little more of her Wolverine ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's basically. I know. I'd like to see her toe. Someone said it. Go toe to toe with one of those Gorns in the big suits. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and then like you know, she, she gets hit, and then she heals. She she like light heals or whatever she does, mm-hmm. you know. Um. But yeah. But I think overall, this was for me a pretty exciting um season finale. I think um you know it didn't do too much in the way of wrapping up any major plot lines, but has instead definitely set up the expectations i think going into the third season which we'll probably get in like 2025 <laughs> it wrapped nothing <laughs> yeah wrapped up nothing um yeah any which other is, thoughts well, I, i'll say this this mm-hmm. is the interesting thing for me is when was the last time we had a, a true like to be continued cliffhanger as a season finale uh, probably on disco right i think season, season one to two but was it like a? No, they didn't see the one. Did they solve it? Did, was it a like they a? You true... usually solve the puzzle box by the mm-hmm. end. And there, it may not. The story may not be finished, mm-hmm. right? But like this is a, 
we're going to cut you off right in the middle of the story. Like well, there's, I mean, the only thing we got was that half the people got off the, sh- got off the planet. Was there uh I remember a Voyager with Scorpion, Scorpion one, two, that what where yeah. uh I don't know if there was an Enterprise one. Clyde, you're the expert on Enterprise. Do you know? No, I do not. Uh I don't I I definitely don't think there was a Discovery one. I think Discovery is, is... It does. So uh it wasn't a two parter, but it does end on a cliffhanger. As Discovery warps to Vulcan to pick up its new captain, the crew receives a distress call from oh. Captain Pike on the USS Enterprise. But 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 that that doesn't end yeah. the storyline. But the, the storyline's done, right? It's just like that that's just the next Yeah, it's it does wrap up the storyline. Uh and well the no lower decks. No Picard, like everything is everything because things are serialized now. I guess. Well, yeah, it's right. very serialized, and also they never know when they're going to get canceled. So I feel well, like and that's what terrifies me about this. Well, it like was that, already renewed. They're definitely going to film the next half of this season. So you trust the, the studios season. way more than I do. Um, for now. <laughs> for now, I just. Like Although I, just, I saw I, something, I need to read the full article, but it was about like the future of Paramount and how there's like a new. Anyway, it's it's not looking good for stuff. Yeah, I'm so I'm a worry wart, so that's just me. But like I'm just, you know, to your point. Well, the other thing that's always scary about this stuff is like when we've had this this before is what happens between now and the next eighteen months or so, right? Like it's gonna lose momentum. Like right now, I'm like, oh, what happens? I'm by the time this comes back, the whole world and how we look at TV might change. We'll see. <laughs> like, like my, my response is like, you know, it might be time to change your paradigm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get booted for copyright infringement, Paul. Yes. Your oh, voice oh. is so close to but, that of Christina's. <laughs> it, it, it is like, you know, it's fortunate that I cannot sing because like there's obviously it automatically falls into uh what do you call it parody <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh we don't have to worry about this guy yes, right that's right yeah um well yeah that was that was all i wanted to say was there anything yeah. else y'all uh, i think season? we're good i think we're running a little long so we'll, we'll let people off we'll let people go but um we're gonna take um next week off but we will be back to discuss i think the full season um and then we will be picking a couple of episodes to prep us for lower decks if there's any in particular you think we should watch i think we had talked about maybe returning to some of the con episodes um maybe maybe the search uh or maybe the wrath of con um perhaps we could do a movie review we haven't done one of those in a long time so we will check that out but thank you all so much for joining us we will be back in two weeks with a new episode as always you can subscribe rate and review on apple and other uh anywhere you get your podcast visit startrekpod.co um as well as a link to our patreon is there um clyde where can people find us on social media find us at star trek pod on social media so come check us out drop us a note say hi please do thank you karen for helping us with the twitter we appreciate you we will see you all next time live long and prosper bye-bye bye everyone